Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. This is week three of our September Outdoor Church. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. God is good. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you again, Father, for your goodness and your love. We thank you that Jesus is Lord. We know something's going on. We know that this is dividing between the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the tare. And Lord, we Christians need to be sensitive to what's going on. For you said as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of the Most High God. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there was a big statement that was made many, many, many years ago, and it basically went like this. Christians should not get involved in politics. And because of that, prayer was thrown out of school. Bibles were thrown out of school. Killing children was became the law of the land, and on and on. Christians, you need to be involved in this election like never before. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you who to vote for. I'm just telling you, vote. Just vote. I'm leading the pack right now. Amen, church family? It's important that we're out there voting. Amen? And make sure we uh, that our ballots count in the state of New Jersey. Amen. All right. So listen, on Saturday, many of you know the return is going on in Washington, D.C. That is an all-day event. In fact, I'm hearing they're going to start it the night before and the day after if you want to go to Washington. Also, Franklin Graham is doing a prayer march for some reason. He didn't even know this was going on, and he chose this date. So we at the church here from 4 to 6, if the weather is permitting, we are going to meet out here for a time of praise, worship, and prayer for two hours. Basically, the event will be just about done in Washington, and then we'll join together and pray as a church in our community. It's open to anyone. There's going to be about seven, eight different churches that are going to be here praying during that time. Sound good? Again, it's this coming Saturday to 26 from 4 p.m., to 6 p.m., two hours, we're going to join together for a time of prayer. Amen. All right, get your Bibles. Let's get into the Word. I'm only going to keep you here about three hours today. I'm looking at some of you shivering. You sure don't want to move out into the sun. And if you get cold, just go ahead and move. You don't, you don't, you don't mess me up. Somebody says, you hear that kid crying out there? I said, no, I never heard a word. I'm in a zone, guys. I'm preaching the word. Amen. 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 So I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. If you would turn to Luke chapter 12 and verse, we're going to begin at verse 35. But let me read two scriptures that we looked at last week. Now, again, we're talking about heaven bound. I began the first week talking about the return of the Lord. And then last week we talked about why we should have our affection on things above and not on things beneath. Everything of this life is going to pass away. It's an incredible thing when you think about it. Everything of this life is but 
a moment. Amen? You might get 30 years. You might get 120 years. But it's going to pass away. But everything you do in life is going to affect how your next life is. That wasn't a strong amen, but that's what the Bible teaches. This is almost, you can call it a test. I don't care what you want to call it. But what we do down here, how we live our lives down here, will affect eternity. Now, you're born again, you're going to heaven, amen? But we saw last week from the scripture, it said, some will be saved as if by fire. We saw from the scripture, it says that some will have gold, silver, precious stone. Others will have wood, hay, and stubble. It's all going to go through the fire. We know that the wood, hay, and stubble is not going to last. Now, understand this. In my own life, I have some gold, I think. I have some silver. But I also know I got some wood, hay, and stubble. Amen? But I want to keep working on this end. Keep laying up. And, you know, when you say treasures, people right away think you're talking about money. That is the farthest thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about our lives down here, how we live our lives. How do we treat our wives? How do we treat our husband? How do we live for our kids? What example are we putting in front of them? How do we live as citizens of this country? How do we live as Christians? What are we doing for the kingdom of God? Are we sowing of our time, of our talent, or is our 24 hours just about us? When I wake up in the morning, am I thinking of others? All I'm thinking about is me, all me, all my problems, all this, all that. You know the thing I have found out? There are people that have worse problems than me and Diane have. It's... It really is. Amen. So let me just read these two scriptures and then we'll begin. This was Psalm 58, 11. Then at last, everyone will say, everybody say it, everyone, everyone. That means every human being, every angel, every heavenly being will say there truly is a reward for those who live for God. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on the earth. These people in politics or other areas, they think they're going to get away with it. We will all stand before God. But we as Christians are going to stand before the Bema seat. Everybody say it. Bema seat, the reward seat. The unsaved are going to stand before the white throne judgment of God. And their works will be revealed. I don't want to be there. I want to be before the Bema seat, amen? I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So everyone will say there truly is a reward for those who live for God. In Proverbs 23, 17 and 18, it says, Don't envy sinners, but always continue to fear the Lord. You will be rewarded for this. Your hopes will not be disappointed. As I just said, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor is entered into the heart of man what God has in store for us that love him. Listen, guys, you wouldn't be out here today if you didn't love the Lord. Would you give him a shout today? Beat those horns. We love the Lord, amen, and we're learning his ways. And I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to be a wise investor. You know, what? Well, I don't know what they call the guy that sits you down and says, you know what, invest 10% in this, invest 10% in that. What do they call him? 
a financial advisor. I want to be a heavenly advisor. I want you to get to heaven and be able to say, wow, thanks, Pastor Tom. You kicked me in my butt. You got me working for the kingdom of God. You got me doing something. And come to my mansion. I'm going to make you a lasagna dinner tonight. Glory to God. Amen. The Bible, you know, the Bible says every, there are going to be so many people there of every tongue and every nation. There is no racism in heaven. There is no prejudice in heaven. We are all one people under God, and we are going to enjoy the variations of who we are. This is an old Danish proverbs. What you are is God's gift to you. Amen. What you do with yourself is your gift to God. That is powerful, guys. What you are is God's gift to you. What you do with yourself is God's gift. To, is your gift to God. It's your gift back to God. Look, I am who I am. I know my weaknesses. I probably dwell on them too much. Anybody else here? You know what I'm saying? We look at all our mistakes. But look at the blessing you are. Look at what you do for the kingdom of God. Do you know, I was just talking with a brother. I got a letter from that the missionary I was telling you about in Lebanon. And he said, guys, you don't understand. We were projecting to start this project in 18 months. But because of your financial gift, we are starting it now. Now, and it's not just going to hit Lebanon. It's going to hit that entire Middle Eastern, that 1040 window, amen, training people in Bible schools and all to get the gospel out there. That's your faithfulness. We can't do that without you. You've been faithful to give during this entire crazy time. And all I can say as the pastor is thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You have laid up treasures in heaven where moth and rust will not corrupt or take away. Eternal. Amen. All right. You ready? Luke 12, 35. So we're teaching that the return of the Lord gets our lives more focused on the eternal, right? And it gets us to be more productive and it gets us to live stronger and bolder lives. Watch this parable that Jesus brings out. I'm reading from the NLT, if, anybody, if I didn't say that. This is Luke 12, 35. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for the master's return. Anybody here waiting for the master's return? Any? I see hands going. Let's do a wave. Anybody here? Yes. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. That's what Peter said, and he was all the way back there. Come, Lord Jesus, come. So we got to be dressed. What are we dressed with? The armor of God. And he says here, keep your lamp burning. Keep that oil filled. This world, it, it ciphers out of us. It drains us. Look, guys, I, I like to know what's going on in our world, but I know when I spend too much time reading articles in the paper and stuff. You get depressed. Anybody else? It just pulls you down. You got to keep your oil, your lamp full. As though you are waiting for your master to return from the heaven, wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. Oh, man, I want to be ready. I want to be ready, amen. Now, look again, you know, uh, you know what Pastor Joe preached there? He shared how his, 
Growing up in church, they had to go to the altar every week because they could lose their salvation. You're not going to lose your salvation, amen? You believe in Jesus Christ, that's our salvation. It's not by works that we're saved, it's through his grace, amen? But he also tells us to be ready. Now watch what he says in verse 37. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. That statement is on and over and on and on that there is rewards waiting for those that do this life right, guys. Oh, that's selfish. I'm going, I'm going for the gold. I, that should have been a better amen than that. I'm going for the gold in my giftings. Look, I'm not Billy Graham. Look, I'm not Franklin Graham or whoever you think is a, a big minister. I am Tom Fiola, and I have the gifts that God has given me, and all God expects me to do is use my gifts, and Diane has her gifts, and Wendy has her gifts, and Matt, and each and every one of us have our gifts. And all God is saying is don't look at someone else's gift because when I look at these other ministers, I get depressed. They're doing so much more. They're writing books. They're, they're, they're ministering to billions of people around the world. Do what God has given you. He has given some charge of a thousand, some charge of a hundred, some charge of 50, and some charge of 10. We have our brother here from the Gideon Foundation. They go into, into motels and hotels, and they put the Gideon Bibles wherever they can. Getting harder to do nowadays, right? Getting harder to do, but they're still doing it. Somebody had an idea. Someone had a thought. How can we get Bibles? Maybe get them in rooms where guys are going to turn pornography on and maybe they'll turn their Bible on or open their Bible, if you know what I'm saying. So the servant who are ready and waiting for his return. I am ready. I am waiting for his return. Where's Andy Smetana? Can I get an amen? Yeah. <laughs> amen. Waiting for his return. Waiting for his return. The number one thing I want to see at his return is the face of my Savior. That's number one. Then I want to see my daughter, Rebecca. Same with Andy. He's two wives that have passed away. But the number one is so we'll ever be with the Lord. Mm. The servant who are ready and waiting for his return, waiting for his return. As we're waiting for his return, it excites us. It keeps us focused. It keeps us thinking of the eternal. It gets you away from the temporal because you know this life is but a vapor. It comes so quick and it goes so quick. Guys, it's, it's the middle of the 20th. What is today? The 20th of September. Today's 2020. It's the 20th of September. Diane said to me, she's got one of these little Mickey Mouse things that she counts down till Christmas, you, you know. Until, and she said, we are under 100 days to Christmas. I said, uh. That's how, how many just remember going shopping for Christmas gifts? It's how quick it goes by. Oh, I'm young. Yeah, I was young. And now I'm old. Duh. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor received begging bread. And this life has a lot of suffering, and this life has a lot of pain. But we know that this life is but a vapor, 
and we know that we got something that is going to last us not 10,000 years, not 100,000 years, not a trillion years, going to last us forever. And it will be a place where there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. Former things have passed away. Behold, he is going to make everything new. The servant who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. Catch this verse. Read it for yourself because it's hard to believe this verse. I tell you the truth. He himself, Jesus himself, will seat them. Who seats people nowadays? Waiters. Waitresses, right? Here it says, the master himself will seat them. Who's the them? The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he will himself will seat them. He himself will put on an apron. He himself will serve them as they sit and eat. The creator of everything. The one who makes Jupiter spin out there. The one who keeps all these planets in orbit is going to serve us because we were faithful to his call. We stayed busy about the master's business. Oh, pastor, my wife left me. My husband, Jesus hasn't left you. He hasn't left you. And they want to get screwy and nutty. Arrivederci. I'm not saying there's not pain. I'm not saying there's not struggles. What I'm trying to say is keep your eyes on Jesus. Let him be your lover. Get into an intimate relationship with him. Now watch what he says. He may come in the middle of the night. He may come just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will. That's the strongest statement you can make. He will. Underline it. He will. Come on, say it with me. He will. He will what? Reward the servants who are ready. Tell me this is an important message to preach. That we can't just focus on, oh, how can I get this or that or that or that? And all these things are going to burn away. Look, there's nothing wrong with living a good life. The Lord said, I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. But I'm learning that the eternal life is so much more than this temporal life that's going to pass away. But here he says he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this. If the homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming... He would not permit his house to be broken into. You also hmm, must be ready for the time. For the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. Interesting statements here about the return of the Lord. Now you might say, well, he's talking about the second coming of the Lord and not the rapture. Because the Bible says no man knows the day or hour of the rapture, but will know the season. Will know the season of his return. Keep going on. Verse 41. Now, some of this gets a little tough, so follow with me. Peter asks, Lord, is that an illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord rep replied, a faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give responsibility of management. There we go with stewardship again, right? Managing his own household and servants and feeding them. In other words, helping other people. 
If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, say it with me, there will be a reward. There it is again. There will be a reward. There will be a reward. What is there a reward for? Living right. Making a decision that, you know what? I'm not going to follow the culture. I'm not going to follow everything that this world has to offer. I'm going to follow Jesus. Again, that does not take away our responsibility towards our children, towards our mates, towards our, our neighborhood. In fact, it should bring it up to another higher level. Amen? But what he's saying is here is you're putting your mind on the eternal. Set your affection on things above and not on things of this earth. People, you know, oh, it's too cold. I can't go to church. Oh, it's too warm. I can't go to church. Oh, it's raining. I can't go to church. Oh, it's that. There's always an excuse not to, but there's not an excuse about going to the mall, going to the movies, going out on a date, so forth and so on. Who is the lover of our soul? Oh, pastor, hey, keep going on here. His own household servants feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth. The master, Jesus, will put that servant in charge of all he owns. What does God own? We can barely look outside of the Milky Way galaxy. Amen. When they tell you they can see all these things, guys, look at a pure picture of Pluto taken from Earth or even taken from Hubble. It's blurry. Come on, guys. I've looked at this stuff. There are thousands and billions of galaxies out there that God has a plan for his children to do some stuff with. There is animal kingdom. There is art to be developed yet. There is new music. I can go on and on and on and on because these are all the things that are inside of us, the things that we love. Some people here love the arts. Some people couldn't give a hoot about it. Some people just love music. Others couldn't care less about it. Some people love science. Some people love mathematics. I love numbers. Diane loves words. She does them crossword She wants the hardest crossword puzzles you can get. I can't figure out the simplest crossword puzzles. Makes no sense to me, those, the questions they ask for the word. But she's there and can figure that all out. The different gifts she has, the different gifts I have. Well, let me say it like this. The different desires that we have. The desires within you are God's gift to you. Howard loves cars. How many guys here love cars? Tom Trotta, no, you love cars. Love cars. You, you think the cars down here are going to be the better than the cars we're going to have in eternity? The Bible says Elijah was taken in a fiery chariot. They didn't say a horse and buggy chariot. Pastor, you're talking fairy tale. Am I? What's all these rewards that he's talking about? What does the master have in store for them that are faithful, for you guys that would come out on a chilly day to hear this old Italian speaking up here? Keep going on. Let me go. Now, he's going to get into a couple tough things here. Let me just read it. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he has. But what if the, the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while? People watch it when you say, oh, I don't believe in the rapture. It, it ain't ever going to happen. Mm. 
and he begins beating his other servant, partying, getting drunk, the master will return unannounced and unexpected. In other words, he doesn't come and go, you got an hour to get everything together. And a servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared and does, oh, Mr. Park, and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And a servant, remember, Jesus is talking to Jewish people here, pre-redemption through him, all right? And a servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared and doesn't count out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong, will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, say with me, much will be required in return. And someone who has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Let's look at one more scripture. Turn over to Second Peter chapter 3. This will be the New King James. Many Christians, not just world people, Christians make this statement, and you better watch it. Oh, so many people said he was going to come, and he hasn't come yet. I don't think I believe in the Lord's return. Yeah, there have been people, Mr. Camping, a few years ago, and I can go on and on. 88 Reasons Jesus Was Coming in 1988. Then they wrote a new book, 89 Reasons Jesus Come in 1989. The 89th reason was he didn't come in 88. No man knows the day or hour. We know the season. We know the season. All right? Here's what Peter says. 2 Peter 3.1. Beloved, I write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophet, prophets, and the commandments of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. In other words, you've heard this from the apostles, the prophets. Now you're hearing it from the apostles. What are we hearing, Lord? Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, hey, where is the promise of his coming? There it is in black and white, guys. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, <clears throat> that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water. Remember the Holy Spirit moved upon the water and in the water. By which the worlds that then perished, Noah's flood, being flooded with water, but the heavens and the earth are now preserved by the same word. They are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition on all men. Ungodly men. Read it. That fire is not coming on us, guys. Ungodly men. Watch what he says now. But beloved, do not forget this. He's going to give you a spiritual insight right here. Do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Hosea, Hosea remember I brought that a couple weeks ago? Two days here on the third day, he will lift us up. Amen? 
It's giving us a little insight here. Keep going on. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. Hey, sometimes I say, Lord, what are you waiting for? But watch what he says. But he is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I wonder what it was like when Noah was building that ark year after year, people laughing at him, people making fun of him year after year, giving people an opportunity to join him on the ark. Now, if you watch the movie from Hollywood about Noah's ark, how many watch that dumb movie? There was, a, there was a stowaway on the boat. Can you imagine that one? Hollywood is very interesting. But anyway, one person calls it Horrorwood. Amen. Here he's giving us the opportunity to bring every loved one in. He's given us time to do it, right? The Bible says that if we pray, God is not willing that any should perish, but all should be saved. Let me keep going on real quick. But the day of the Lord will come how? As a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent fire. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, here we go. Since all these things, everything you see, this tent, this building, my home, everything will be dissolved. What manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and lo and godliness. How should we be living our lives? Just kidding, tent, don't fall on us. How should we be living our lives? Look what he says here in verse 12. We should be looking for and hastening. We can hasten the return of the Lord. He's saying we can how? I believe by doing what each and every one of us has been assigned to do. Amen. Looking for and hastening the coming of, of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire. The elements will, uh, will fer with fervent heat, melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, I love the therefore, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, what are we doing? Come on, say it with me. We look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, look forward to those things. Be diligent. Be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Amen. Keep your eyes on him. Stay busy for the kingdom of God. Put your hand to the plow. Be the wise virgins that had their oil filled. Love Jesus Christ. He could come right now. He can come today. He can come tomorrow. But I'll tell you this. He's coming soon. And his reward, he said, is with him to give to each man and woman that has done their part. Amen. I'm mad at God. Well, get over it. And fall in love with him. Amen. All right, let me close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this chilly day, but your word is rich, Lord. Your word brings us to that level of accountability and stewardship and, and managing your kingdom, Lord. Lord, I'm not just going to be rewarded for being a pastor. Yeah, that's part of it. But how was I as a father? How was I as a, how am I as a grandfather? How am I as a husband? How am I to my neighbors? Do I share the gospel with? 
And we can go on and on, Lord. I thank you for every volunteer inside in that children's ministry right now, working with those kids so that they can hear the true gospel and not the gospel of our world. And you know what I'm talking about, church. I thank you for the security team, the ushers, and I can go on and on that are here early, the band, the singers, the help to do to make sure people are going to hear the gospel in a good atmosphere. Father, we're not here to judge any man, but I am here to judge myself, Lord, to look within my own heart. What am I doing for the kingdom of God? I pray, church, that you would pray that prayer today. Father, what are my gifts? What am I doing for the kingdom of God? If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and today you'd like to do that, then I ask you to pray a very simple prayer. Salvation is not difficult, amen? People say, oh, Jesus said the way is narrow. It's sure, yeah, for the Jewish people it has been. But when he, that door opened to the Gentiles, we went running in. Amen. We are adopted in the vine. Jewish people can come in, but history shows you for these 2,000 years, it's been tough on them. It's been tough. They rejected the Messiah. Many, many are saved also. They rejected the Messiah, and they have been the most persecuted people on planet Earth. Lord, right now, I just pray. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and you'd like to do that, pray this prayer with me. We'll all pray it together to make it easy for you. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I repent of my sins, Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you that I am blood-bought. In Jesus' name, amen.